Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Midpoint, our podcast here at Faith City Church. I'm Paul Kosla, and I'm happy to be here again with Ben Margeson, our Evensong and Young Adult Pastor. And we're here today just to talk about a couple of messages from the past two weeks. We're in our series Under the Sun and talking about discovering our eternal impact. And so this series has followed along with the launch sequence idea of shuttles taking off and getting out into outer space and getting out from under the sun to being where the sun is. Ben, what are a couple of things that have stood out to you over the last couple of weeks? So two weeks ago, we spoke about escape velocity and the idea that we need to get past the atmosphere around us. And we talked about the atmosphere being the culture that we're in, but that we also have to interact with the culture. So it's not about running away from it but engaging with it and uh, getting to that escape velocity fast enough that we can push past. And then this week we talked about Miko, main engine cutoff. And we were thinking about how we have to separate from the fuel tanks and we have to cut the engine back. And all of a sudden, like the efforts that we've been engaged in or the crazy, wonderful things God is doing right now on the mountaintop of our experience with him Sometimes we got to just cut it all back and allow ourselves to be carried by the momentum of his presence and spirit. And so we chatted a little bit about that, chatted about Elijah. That's a little bit of a recap. But what stood out to you, Ben? Oh, wow. I think, honestly, the biggest standout for me was thinking about Miko, the main engine cutoff. I have really enjoyed the series Probably my favorite message was the one three weeks ago as far as crafting, the one where you integrated Abraham and your father and being a father and like just all of that as far as a crafted message. But this week actually probably was the one that actually I thought of the most and like hit me in in my heart and, and in my mind. I especially thought of being a teenager and going to a youth camp or a conference and getting all jazzed and juiced and everyone's praising Jesus. And you're like, oh my goodness, I'm doing this forever. And then you go home and back to reality and back to high school or university or whatever. And it's really easy. And maybe even I've probably had those times even post being a student where you go and you have an experience and it's this amazing, and I mean this in like a good way, it's a euphoric experience with other believers And it is special and awesome. And it's this fire and fueling. But the reality is a lot of the time when we're not in those environments, we do need to throttle it back and let Jesus do work in our lives. And I was even thinking about that in my own life and how I need to be more attentive to the spirit in those non-exciting times than I already am. So, Well, it's interesting what you raised there about, you know, our agency or initiative being involved in throttling things back. And, um, you know, that moment that astronauts are the ones that have to like trigger this, you know, separation from the, the fuel tank and shutting the engines down. That agency is really an interesting point to me. And I think, you know, we talked a lot about Elijah from First Kings 18 and First Kings 19. And I wonder... Had Elijah initiated going to spend time with God, you know, there's nothing in the story. This is just me talking about it, right? Yep. But he came under all this pressure and then he got afraid. You know, Jesus withdrew, like we talked about on Sunday. Jesus withdrew intentionally. And I, I wonder if he had withdrawn, he knew that God would support him and sustain him because that's how the Lord called him in the beginning. Yep. And so sometimes I think, you know, our fear 
drives us into these places. Our, you know, other emotions drive us into isolation. But there's a difference between isolation and solitude that we've, like, initiated ourselves. Oh, yeah. Right? And I think that could be an interesting thought to consider as an extension of this message that we live for those moments where we gather together, we sense God, we feel God. But where are we initiating those moments of solitude where we're just in his presence? And I think that's where we we do become mature, maybe. Or maybe that's the next... Maybe that's the better way of saying it. That's how we level up. No matter where we are in our walk, when we're able to balance that idea of these great experiences on Sunday. So you were talking about conferences. I think it applies to us as adults. I think it's Sunday morning oh, for many yeah, of us. Sunday sure. to Sunday. We live that kind of you know life the same way some people live their budget paycheck to paycheck. We live Sunday to Sunday. We get all that fuel and we like get up into the atmosphere and then we bounce off the atmosphere and we come back down and then we get our fuel and we just like get rock, but we never get past the atmosphere to really where God wants to take us. I wish people could see me because they could see my like my spaceship. Yeah, Paul yeah. is shooting his arm in a trajectory upward uh, <laughs> <laughs> narrated. Podcast. Oh man. But yeah. But- what do you, like, what do you think of that? I, I think that's true. And I think a lot of the time, as you were speaking, I thought of, and I don't know why I don't do this after big, especially maybe a Sunday that feels extra impactful. Cause not every, I don't mean like the spirit is moving all the time, but some Sundays for different people are going to hit home a lot differently. Maybe worship was really good and it was a great time. And you spent time with the body and worshiping God. And that's great. And some Sundays, maybe it's this mega move in your life. And every Sunday, if every Sunday was a mega move in your life, it would be so taxing. But when we do have those times of big movement, I think I need to be more intentional to advise people, but also to do this myself is when it feels like the spirit really did something in my life to make sure that next week I take some really intentional time of solitude to be away, to be a part so that I don't feel like that isolation after. Cause I think that's probably bound to happen more often than not when we have those particular times of movement in our lives and movement in the spirit and how God's working. Well, as always, you raise a good point. I think that you're talking about application in a way, but I would argue that you're actually talking about integration. So So we take that truth, or maybe assimilation is even a better word, but we integrate it into who we are, into our consciousness, into our soul, if you will. You know, all these words that we can't well define, right? (laughs) But I think that that's partly what the solitude aspect is, you know, that thoughtfulness. And so we have this experience where we've, we've enjoyed God's word to us in a certain day when we're all together, the spirit is speaking. And then there are two things that need to happen. I think after that, in order for us to get to that place of transformation, there is that integration. I think that thoughtfulness of where we like say, okay, how is this now going to change my behavior? And then there is the actual changing of the behavior, the application where we. Yeah where we get out there and apply it. And I think that both of those things can't really be preached. Yeah. Right. It's like, you kind of just have to do them. Right. Yeah. I think that's just true. I think the one area that this is really that we can not preach, but, but really encourage is being in a small group and having accountability partners. And everyone always thinks of accountability partner as like a, Oh, did you sin this week? But it's like, accountability is just how are you progressing in your relationship with God? I'm checking in with you, not because I don't trust you, but because I love you. And I think when we have people 
in our lives and we've created uh, room for that. And I, you can't preach relationship. You can tell people about relationship, but people have to form relationships to have that. It's with God, but then also with other people, a lot of the time being the voice of God or encouragement to look Godward, if that's a word, and to focus on him and to spend intentional time with him. So yeah, that just is what sparked mm-hmm. in my head when you said well, that. There's there's a, another interesting word that sums up those two things that you mentioned, discipleship. So we don't like accountability partner as a word or a phrase. Discipleship is one that I think really, for whatever reason, we don't use in the church enough. And it really sums up what Jesus did. And so like you're saying, accountability, it's all about relationship. But as soon as we put it in the accountability realm, it's like, okay, you have to check in to make sure that I didn't eat too many muffins this week because my goal is to eat less muffins. (laughs) And so then it becomes this like systematic supervisory role rather than a relational connection. Yeah. And so I, I fully agree. I think a great application for this series is to get involved in relationship and discipleship. That can be through a group. That could be through the Bible elective. That could be by joining a team to serve and, and then building relationship there and discipling one another. I think that there are a lot of ways to live out these messages. So why don't we talk about that for a little bit? What are some of the ways? To live out both weeks, I don't want to forget about the escape velocity and being in culture, but being different from culture and trying to harmonize those two things. I know Paul is a little bit older than me, but we're both the right age to know that there were CD burning parties in certain (laughs) areas of the church at times. And no, um, no, for me, it was VHS. See, I'm a little bit older. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't see many people burning DVDs because they were too expensive to burn. You You can't like drop 50 bucks on a DVD back then and then just like melt it. Oh yeah. No, that's fair. But in that vein, it's like knowing what is good for us and knowing what is acceptable and knowing what probably is is bad for our relationship with the Lord is probably a refining process. There's obviously lots of things that I would deem like an easy, those go against scripture. And then there's other areas like some people really love, I am going to pick something that I enjoy. I love running, but there's a way to have running really good and integrated with life. And I can interact with people who run, but there's also an obsession side to running that if it's like, I'm so obsessed with running and fitness and getting my best times and stuff that it would start to deviate away from my time with the Lord. And even, even if it's not deviating away from time with the Lord, it's leaving my mind and my headspace in an area that I don't think is healthy in relationship with God. So you take it a step further though. There are things that you said, like are unhelpful, things that are helpful. And I forget the one in the middle, but, but I was thinking about this as you were talking, is it also true that the things that are helpful at one stage are no longer helpful at the next stage? Not everything and not, so there's not a hard and fast rule. And, and this is where that second stage separation part comes into play, where there may be some things now in my life that I, I need to lean into in a different way than I did when I wasn't a dad or when I was a worship pastor. And so it's not a question of character changing, like, cause that's core. Yeah. It's not a question of like the main message of Christ and the fruit of the spirit per se, cause that's core, but the emphasis or the expression or what we need to be developing in our lives right now, or for us as 
as Pentecostals who believe the Holy Spirit is still speaking to us today, maybe it's also a question of discernment and ordering those priorities at any given moment. Yeah, no, I think that's super true. And just as even even an example I, that I thought of as you were talking in the Christian realm is there might be an author that you loved at a certain point in your walk. Maybe you really needed an encouragement in a certain area. And a lot of the time, a specific author or or pastor will have a lane that they really focus on and you needed that encouragement. And then you're just so accustomed to buying their books that you're like, oh, I'm just going to buy their next book. And then you buy a couple more books and then it just, it feels like the same thing for you, even though that's not the kind of food that you need. And it might be better sourced from another area of ministry or reading or whatever that might be. You're talking about your, your love for Karen Kingsbury, aren't you? <laughs> I know that name vaguely, but not enough. Oh, I was going to not oh, name man. drop you, any names. You slough it off so well there, man. But no, I think that's a good... I think that's a good analogy. There came a time when Ben couldn't, you know, read Karen Kingsbury anymore because it all just was the same. And then he moved on to to the meat of the word, C.S. Lewis. And and so that... I'm Googling Karen Kingsbury right now, just so (laughs) everyone knows. (laughs) But I, I think that you're making a great point. I think that that's a good analogy. There is stuff that helps us at this point, and then we graduate to something that comes in the future. But that separation and moving from what's familiar to what isn't familiar, eh, that's not easy. No, it is difficult, especially when we really enjoy, like I go back to an author or if you're listening to a podcast or maybe fill in the blanks of something, you get become accustomed to how that person talks and you really like it and you feel relational. And I think it's totally fine to have connection points and anchor points in our faith of people's voices we like to listen to. But it might even not be, and I know Paul was maybe joking on like graduating to something a little more technical or have a depth, but it might actually just be the content type. Maybe you've really struggled with guilt and you read a ton about guilt and then you really felt like the Lord and the Holy Spirit moved and worked in your life and you've gone past that and you find yourself reading guilt content as like a familiar content, even if it had like super depth to begin with or anything like that, but then you really want to focus on joy now. And it might be lighter reading than your guilt content, but it's something that you want to have as an expression of your faith that you haven't explored the same. So I think it's not even always the moving on from something isn't always like this mega graduation. It's exploring and further deepening our faith because we already have a base of knowledge in a certain area, maybe even. Right. So you're saying it's not like climbing the ladder, so to speak. It could also be like a lateral move. Yeah. Right. And mega, I like that you used mega. And earlier you said super true. So so how is something super true or just true? Uh, super true is one that I'm very confident in. And true is one I'm fairly confident in. <laughs> so, so can something be super true? I don't really know. I, I kind of dispute like well, super true. I just like expre- being expressive. Isn't so it kind of binary? Like, isn't something like true or not true? Uh, all the engineers listening are like, yes, that's right. It's either the bridge is going to stay up or it's going to fall down. It's not in between. Yeah. Paul's well, actually, me. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay well i think that (laughs) i think that the point you made is really good and i think that it also can be a lateral move to something new the spirit is leading you in so yeah so someone who's been in a certain profession and now 
is being led of the Lord into another vocation, or someone who's been in ministry predominantly to the church, maybe, or the body of Christ, and now God's opening up a door wanting to lead that person to be maybe internationally engaged in evangelism, or maybe starting a business. Like I think that there are those different things that connect well with the language of purpose that we've been using yeah. and encouraging people in their unique design, that maybe there are these areas that the second stage separation, for them, Ben, you made a really helpful point that this can be just different knowledge. This can be the Lord trying to equip us for something. It's not so necessarily climbing a ladder of hierarchy to things that are better or worse. And there I go with my hands again. Like I like to, you know, <laughs> uh, it's helpful for me. <laughs> um, well, so then as we kind of wind down, you know, where do these messages and maybe the whole series in general, we're heading into the last week this week. I misspoke Sunday. There's not two weeks left, just one week. And so where do you kind of sit today, you know, in this journey of, discovering your eternal impact, or in your case, maybe rediscovering it? Like, where are you kind of at in the arc of that journey? Yeah, I think that the reality is that I will perpetually be uncovering my eternal impact. That and is what, the whole point, man. <laughs> See, you got it. You got it. It's I all listen about, in church, everyone. Dude, the, the shuttle program ran from, if I remember my dates right, from 1981 to 2011. It was a really long program. So much so that when they retired the shuttles, I was like, is the space program over now? Because <laughs> like, it's all I grew up with, right? Yeah. And then when you look back and you see the Saturn V rocket and you understand how it kind of kept going and new knowledge changed things, but the discovery aspect just keeps on going. And I think that that is a part of the transformation I'm praying and hoping we experience as a church that we realize none of this is once and done. Yeah. This is all a cycle and it can sound exhausting when you don't get that refueling from the presence of God, when you don't get that refreshing, when you don't, you know, have, so that cycle all has to be in place, I think. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny when you talked about a cycle, like earlier we were talking about living Sunday to Sunday. And I think that it can be a harmful cycle, but also that cycle is nice for refreshing and coming together. And I know you even mentioned in your message, uh, and I really appreciated this. There are times, lots of times where God is there in the fire and he is there in the big highs, but those moments are a lot easier to be sensitive and to know. And I think, especially when we talk about throttling back when we throttle back things and we do take that time to be with God or, or time to separate the second stage separation, those are the times that I think, at least for me in my life, that have been super fruitful, but have also been really difficult to learn how to engage and to learn how to do and, and even to learn how to go back to that sensitivity because maybe for a season we're really good at taking time with God and then life gets busy or something comes up in life or a, a something comes up in our family. And I'm not saying that we lose connection with God, but taking intentional time to make sure we're throttling back is different than reading our Bible and praying every day. And like the still small voice can be so hard to discern if we have a lot of noise going on. And I really appreciate it and hadn't really thought about how you mentioned how it, when it talks about Jesus going and taking this time apart, it's always after really big moments. And 
the reality is there are big moments and sometimes they're going to be the highs of church or, or something that we do that, that's an intentional Christian faith involvement. But sometimes there's going to be really trying things probably in our life and we need to make sure we're throttling back after them and taking intentional time. And I would imagine it's, it's nice to think of Jesus as always every single night, staying up all night and praying. But we know he, he, he was a human, like obviously he has like, he's divine, but he was also human. He had to sleep. We know he's sleeping on a boat whenever the snoozing through a storm. And so he got tired. So it wasn't like every single night he was doing that. But I think I really want to make sure, and that's maybe where this really hit this week for me, especially, was the, the taking those times after big moments to relax, but also to be with the Lord, not just to veg out and watch Netflix. Well, yeah. And I think it's following the big moments and an interesting thing. It holds true even with the space analogy, but it's in between, you know, so come out of this stage of like, man, those rockets firing and then shut it all down. Then that momentum, which I'm likening to, you know, God and his presence and stillness carries you, but then you're into the next stage of this, of this journey. And it's like the trajectory needs to be on the same place. It's very important, but it's just, it's done in a different way. And I return back to Elijah and again, being driven by fear into the wilderness versus, you know, Jesus being led of the spirit into the wilderness, Uh, two totally different things, but you know, you still end up in the wilderness. Right. And, (laughs) and so it's almost like, why don't I just choose to go myself and understand as a human that the solitude or being in God's presence one-on-one or whatever that looks like, you know, it's something that needs to be built in. And I think that you mentioned the Sunday to Sunday. And I think the reason why that can become poison at times is because there's nothing happening in the week. So you, you get filled up with all of this great energy, right? Liking it to food, you know, all of this great energy. But if it's not used, like we're not jogging like you, then we end up looking like me, <laughs> just gaining more weight, right? But if you burn it up, if you burn it up doing the things that God's calling you to do, then you're just like stoked as Ben is to like eat five more cinnamon muffins. And we're all sitting here like, I want one, but I'm not going to run. And he's like, chop it down three or four. And, oh yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It, it's a really good example though, because I think there's, it's true. It's, it's funny because it is, uh, but it, it's true. And that's what happens to us. I think Sunday to Sunday is that we, and then we don't want to be involved on Sunday. Maybe we're not like, you know, I don't, I don't have these predefined expressions. We need to have engaged in worship, but you can tell, at least I feel like I can, you can see if people are engaged or not engaged. And it doesn't matter if hands are lifted or not. For somebody, it could be hands down and just being connected. For another person, it's, you know, they've got their praise groove on and it's happening and all that. It doesn't matter what the expression is. But I feel like then we begin to cut out of even that engagement because it's just like all of this sugar, all of this carbs coming in and like destroying us spiritually. And you do that for a month, <laughs> you do it, you're laughing because you're like, this is, this is true. This is like really true. This is good. This will preach. <laughs> but I think that that's where hopefully for us on our journey as a church, that's where that application piece is so important. Because even as you talked about discipleship, which can initially seem like inward looking, It's not. It's about relationship. It's about the other person. And there starts some outflow. And when there's outflow, then when that inflow comes in, 
oh, it's good and refreshing instead of, you know, adding to the Judson gets these stomach aches like kids get. But it's mostly because he, he just like gorges himself on the food that he loves. And he's just like, oh, dad, my belly's sore. I'm like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have five bear paws. Maybe, maybe just two. But we, we, we're the same, right? We're the same. Oh, we are the same. So then as we look forward to this last message, what are your kind of thoughts in summary then today? Oh, yeah. I think my thought would be an application thought is find people that you can be in discipleship with. I know that's not normally how we say it, but maybe people you can disciple. And a lot of the time it's mutual discipling of one another. And if you don't have those people, look into the small groups we have going and all the Bible elective. And there's lots of ways to get connected here at the church. And then the other I would say is start baking in some time, especially after Sundays and make sure you're making intentional time when really big movement happens in your life, whether that's family or at church or in your relationship with God, choose the wilderness. Don't be pushed into it. Because I know I've had both and I know which one I've uh, enjoyed and has been a lot less battling in my prayer life. And that's choosing the wilderness times. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with those steps for application. And if you do want to reach out to us to get involved, you can do it in a really easy way. Just text us at 844-409-5393. So 844-409-5393, and we'll get that message. Just pop us a message, and we will get back in touch with you and help you to find ways to connect. If it's a small group, if it's something else, we want to help you with that. And so, Ben, thanks for your time today, and folks listening, we appreciate it so much. If you've got any feedback for us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us on Facebook at Faith Halifax. You can email us, office at faithhalifax.org. Or as I mentioned, we're now able to text. So 844-409-5393 is the number. Thanks so much for joining us this week. And we will be back next time.